Title Talks is brought to you by PropLogix. At PropLogix, we partner with title professionals like you to relieve the pressure of the most repetitive and tedious closing tasks so you can focus on delivering a better experience to your customers. All you have to do is take it off your to-do list and put it on ours. Your estoppel is just a fraction of the work that these folks are doing every single day. So if you go in with that mindset, it allows you to be more successful because you have a little bit of empathy towards what's happening. No matter your personal feelings about homeowners associations, when your deal requires a resale certificate or a stop a letter, they're unavoidable. As a title agent, your interactions with these key players can determine whether your closing goes smoothly or gets completely derailed. In our first episode of the season, we turn inward to our own HOA experts, Stephen Craig and Kristen McClooney, both managers at PropLogix, who between them have spent eight years working with tens of thousands of HOAs. Today, you're getting a front row seat to the hard-won strategies they've developed for successful interactions with associations and management companies. I'm Lindsay Gordon, and I want to welcome you to Title Talks the podcast where you're invited to spend some time with the most influential people in title. Let's get to today's episode. So I'm super excited to have both Steven back on the podcast and Kristen is here for the first time. So if people don't already know who you are, if you could describe a little bit about the work you do for PropLogix, how you got started here at PropLogix. Um, Stephen, why don't we start with you? Sure, yeah. So, hey everyone, uh, my name is Stephen Craig. Uh, I'm the operations manager here at PropLogix. I oversee everything HOA related and surveys related, but I really enjoyed my time working in the estoppels uh, part of the business when I when I first got started here about six years ago. A lot of what we do here uh, takes a lot of the heavy lifting away from title agents and real estate attorneys. Um, what we what we really pride ourselves on is being able to build relationships with management companies and homeowners associations to help our team get your paperwork back in an efficient manner. So, you know, being able to create those relationships, know who to go to for what, uh, it's a really big industry, but it's also really small at the same time. So being able to to help our customers out and, and help their customers out by getting to that closing table is what, you know, makes me excited every single day. Kristen, what about yourself? Yeah. So when I came to PropLogix, I was looking for remote work and landed here, which ended up being the best opportunity that I've ever had. Coming here and working in estoppels, I didn't even know what an estoppel was or heard of it. I had to go onto Google and you know, look up what it was, having no idea. And, you know, I said, oh, well, that's pretty cool. So since I've been here, seeing that you're taking the burden off of the clients by dealing with these HOAs and management companies to get these estoppels back for them is really something that is fulfilling and part of what I love about the job. Um, So I've been here for almost two years now, and it's just a great company to work for. And like I said, so fulfilling. Buying a home is the biggest purchase of somebody's life. And we don't want to be the ones who hold that up, trying to get these estoppels back for our clients. So tell me, what, Kristen, what's your title? What is it that you do? Just kind of explain to our audience. 
Yeah, so I'm the operations supervisor for the Florida Estoppels team here. Uh, we actually have a pretty significant sized team right now for the our Estoppel business. We have multiple supervisors, Kristen being one of them, and we're very happy to have Kristen on the team. She's an absolute rock star, and her team just absolutely rallies behind her. Um, she's got a group of about 30 to 35 analysts right now um, just processing the our Florida orders and our Florida volume. And then we have another gentleman named Chuck who takes care of all of our national business as well, and his team is a pretty decent size. So um, we are ready to to continue to take on more work. Yeah, that's crazy. I'm sure. I mean, like I had no idea our teams had gotten quite that big. And I think a lot of um, people, when we talk about what we do here at PropLogix, they had no idea just how big our yeah. our teams are and how, yeah. how much volume we're handling. The operations itself have just grown tremendously. I mean, when I started six years ago, there was two or three people on the team. And every year over, it's just become... Uh, a bigger scale of employees um, just to handle the title work. There's a lot of work that we do in the HOA industry that's really important because it takes it away from our customers. We handle the headache and the challenge of obtaining these estoppel letters or resale certificates, depending on where you're from. So you don't have to burden yourself with it. it gives our clients more time to, to take care of their clients. Yeah, absolutely. So that's actually what we're going to get into today. We want to talk a little bit about like if if you're deciding that you're maybe not ready to outsource estoppels or you just want to get like more successful at uh, your interactions with management companies and associations, what are some of the, the, the tips and the tricks that we can as experts in this field and people who deal with thousands of HOAs every week. What are some of the things that we can share that can help make title professionals a little bit more successful in those interactions? So we usually allude to the fact that like our estoppels department, like what they do is really kind of tough work, you know, that that our researchers sure. are some of the most patient and understanding individuals. Um, what do you guys think uh, it really takes to be good at working with management companies? Like, is it something that everybody is cut out for? You have to be a really patient person. You need to also have that little extroverted gene in you. You have to be outgoing and kind of let some things just breeze over you. You know, when you're dealing with some of these HOAs and management companies, especially the self-managed HOAs, you're going to be calling John Smith, who just possibly had his worst day of work ever. Um, and you're just calling him and you're trying to get some information and he's a board member and he does not want to help you out. So you have to be able to take some things in stride in this department. And I know Kristen, uh, especially in Florida where there's just such a high saturated HOA market could definitely allude to it a little bit more. Yeah, absolutely. Um, everybody is not cut out for obtaining obstacles. And I think part of that is because, you know, the real estate industry is really growing. And as we are growing so much and the more estoppels that we're trying to obtain, the HOAs aren't really equipped for that. And the management companies to, you know, have all of these calls coming in and, you know, all of the, these new requests for estoppels. So we hear that all the time from them. You know, I, I can only get to this estoppel when I can get to it. But I think it definitely takes a person with some thick skin to be able to to deal with them because they are under so much pressure 
because of the statutes in place to get these estoppels to us. And it definitely takes somebody extremely persistent also to get these estoppels back sometimes. Yeah, persistent is a great word because, you know, you have to be that thick skin. You have to be able to make those phone calls when people don't, when you know that person doesn't want to have that conversation with you. Right. You know, and that's where that persistence comes into play. And, you know, we keep saying like, they don't want to talk to you and stuff like that. But some of these companies or even just these self-managed people, that's the playing the cards that they're dealt, not having applications to take care of their, uh, or software to take care of their estoppels. You know, they're, they're using the fax machine that's been in the HOA's office for the last 25 years that barely has any black ink in it to print off the estoppel, you know, like, you know, yeah, our teams be, be do really well things, with, right. It could yeah. be like that. They, they don't have the, the financial backing to be able to like upgrade their technology or they don't have enough staff. Yep. Those are really big issues, especially I'm sure with the pandemic, they probably felt a squeeze even more with the market going up and then oh, yeah. people being really hard to find to work. Yeah, absolutely. The The pandemic really affected the business a lot because we had to mail a lot of checks and send a lot of just snail mail and those offices were shut down and they were going to the office once a week to get it or, you know, whatever it was, whenever, when everything was on lockdown and no one was sure what to do next. It was really difficult because those refis went through the roof, but we weren't able to get our estoppels in time just because we couldn't blame anyone for not going to the office to pick up those, those checks or cash those checks or go back to the office to scan everything in or fax everything in. Definitely was uh, a trying time, but I'm, I'm happy that we all made it out through the other side for the most part. Any other method that we, any method at all that we could get the estoppel back from the HOA, you know, just work with them and ask them, hey, can you take a picture of it? You know, anything that you can possibly do to get it over to us so we could get to the client. So got to become creative to get these back when, in these situations. Mm -hmm. Kristen, you started in the middle of the pandemic, right? Yes. So I, I was going to say, so you probably, you don't really know what a, like a more even, you know, playing field or even keeled market is like, but um, do you guys feel like things have really resolved more or there's still lingering issues? You know, I had a conversation with uh, one of our team members about this uh, last week, and we were talking about the difference in what happened in the HOA market. We used to we used to have this term, just fax machine warriors, because everything was done through fax in 20, uh, 2018, 2017, 2019, and then the pandemic hit and everything was frozen, couldn't do anything. And it really changed the HOA market a little bit because a lot of these software companies that were starting to get off the ground were able to sell more to these HOAs and management companies to host their data so people didn't have to go into the office. So they didn't need to go to their country club mm -hmm. uh, office or even the management companies reduced the size of their office because they, they were able to get their um, data into a cloud-based server where they were able to all work remotely. Um, so I think it was a really positive shift from something very negative that happened, but it changed the market a little bit where we're finding more and more HOAs and more and more management companies are using some type of technology. It's not really prominent to say, you know, we're still sending a lot of checks and emails yeah. and faxes, but it's a higher percentage than we've ever seen it in the past. Kind of push, push people forward. Oh yeah. Big time, big time. 
Stephen, you have presented our CE CLE course uh, yes. about understanding the Florida SAPA law. The the bulk of our business is here in Florida, but you know, I want to talk a little bit about some of those things that you guys have recommended in the past when it comes to ordering that estoppel that sort of sets up like a really successful interaction when you're really reaching out to that association for the first time what are some of those things that you really need to be aware of before you even place your estoppel we always you always want to do your research up front right you want to make sure that you have you're calling the right person you're confident on that phone call a lot of these hoas have the same name or in the same area you want to make sure you're calling the right person. It sounds so minimal, but it's really, really important that you get that right person that you're supposed to call. You know, you're not calling a, a board member from three years ago and they're no longer on the board. You, you know, you're, you're following up with the right person that takes care of the estoppel work. Um, from there, you have to have a little bit of understanding that you're talking to real life people on the other side of the phone or other side of the email. You know, you're not talking to a robot that's auto responding. They all have their work that's cut out for them every single day. They all have metrics to hit and their own KPIs, their deliverables to their company. So your estoppel is just a fraction of the work that these folks are doing every single day. So if you go in with that mindset, it allows you to be more successful because you have a little bit of empathy towards what's happening. You can relate to them because I'm sure just like everyone else, we all have our own deliverables and everything that we need to do for our jobs. And that really is the first factor of setting up for success. The next is being prepared for those conversations. Know the statute, know the turnarounds, know what your client wants, understand your closing dates. Those are all really, really big key things because it allows you to navigate those conversations in kind of an authoritative way. You're not necessarily asking, you're providing information on when you need to get these things done. And then also sticking sticking to what you say you're gonna do. You're gonna send that estoppel request and get it to them by tomorrow. You have to make sure that you're gonna get them that request by tomorrow because then things are just gonna get more and more delayed. The last thing, the last piece of advice, one of the biggest things is making sure you align with their process. If a management company or an HOA if they have a online process and they have a small portion where they'll accept checks, the way that you'll get that estoppel back more effectively and efficiently is if you follow their majority process, which would be their online platform. You know, I know sometimes you might have to pay some additional fees for a credit card and stuff like that, but you'll get that estoppel back accurate and more efficiently if you follow the management company or HOA's process. Yeah, number three, I think it, that is, you know, really the biggest one is being prepared up front to get that information from them, how to order the estoppel and ask all of these questions up front. So, you know, you're not going back and forth, oh, calling them back three, four times, you know, you get it all up front and you know how to order it and you get it done and that makes it easier for them and they respect that. So, yeah, I mean, because if, if you're putting in, you know, if you're doing something incorrectly, and you're you're trying to order that estoppel because you're under that you're in that window where it's like I need it, but you're you're doing something wrong, so they have to either send it back or you have to figure out why it hasn't moved forward or or that sort of thing. I mean, you really can set yourself back if you don't know what you're doing. Right. Absolutely. So I think like one of the bigger issues, like here in Florida, maybe maybe we can explain really quickly if people aren't aware, like in Florida, the what the statute says about like if, if your deal cancels and like what you're able to do. Can you guys explain that really quickly? Because my next question kind of hinges on that. Yeah. 
Um, so, you know, there are the unfortunate times where your deal falls through and you have to start obtaining or getting some refunds for that money that you spent in advance. And luckily there is a part of the statute that allows for cancellations and reimbursement. Florida is one of a few states that has that in there in the statute. So in Florida, when you're going to go obtain that refund, the first thing to remember is even though you may be getting that refund, the HOA or management company has the ability to charge the seller the same way that they charge their installments. So they're able to charge at the same rate of their monthly dues, their quarterly dues. So it'll just be another line item on their invoice for that seller, the current owner. But the process for everyone is first, make sure you get that cancellation of contract signed and dated and everything tidied up. The next thing is send a formal request to the management company describing you know, the property, the HOA you're working with, depending on, you know, if you're working with a management company and providing them that cancellation of contract in your initial email, because um, that'll help the process. I know, again, it seems really, really, you know, tiny, but making sure that cancellation of contract is in your request email will help things go much, much smoother. And you have 30 days. If that cancellation of contract is signed within 30 days of the closing date, that was provided on the estoppel request, you are entitled to that refund. So you might be obtaining the estoppel here in May, but the closing date that you provided the management company might be in July. So you wanna make sure that that cancellation of contract is within 30 days of the closing date that you provided to that management company or HOA. It is not the date the estoppel is signed for. This common uh, misconception is that it's on the released date or the issuance date. However, it's actually the 30 days from what the closing date on the estoppel was. So is that typically it's the <clears throat> association or management company who thinks it is 30 days from when the estoppel was delivered or? No, it's, it's usually more on the realtor side. I know a lot of the title agents and um, real estate attorneys we work with, they they know what they're doing. But it's a lot of times we'll see the realtor pressing, um, saying, you know, hey, the issuance date was this date, especially when it's out, especially when that cancellation of contract is outside the window and you can't obtain the refund. Um, that's usually when you'll see the realtor, you know, pressing for their customers. And, and I understand that. But you know, these guidelines were put in place to protect the HOAs at that point in time for, for the work that they're doing. Um, but at the end of the day, if you have a good relationship with these companies like we do and you know who to go to for what, you're usually able to follow their processes and be aligned with those processes to help you get it back effectively. Mm -hmm. That's why it's also extremely important to make sure that you do provide the right closing date upfront also when you're ordering the estoppel so you don't have these issues later on in case there is an unfortunate incident where the property cancels. Yeah, absolutely. So um, obviously we do, like we know a lot about the Florida statute. We do a course on it for title professionals. Um, I'm curious, like what is typically the process that our teams follow when we're in a state where there isn't legislation governing like what the associations are are doing like how does someone like let's say i'm a multi-state operation i'm not familiar with the territory i have a closing in because we're you know doing things mail away or something like that where how do i begin like where how do you approach something like that yeah um that's a great question um there are several states that have little to no 
legislation or laws or statutes for any part of the HOAs, like not even just the resale work or the estoppel work, um, but overall their HOAs might not have a lot of governance. So um, we've gotten a lot of feedback from our customers over the years in those particular states. And though there might not be any guidelines, we've created our own set of guidelines uh, based on what our customers are really looking for from the HOA. Um, I think everyone can agree one of the most important things is the financials, uh, making sure that if they're paid through, it's confirmed. If they're not paid through, what's the balance so everything can be prorated? Also, do you have any closing fees, uh, transfers, or capital contributions? But also, what are the violations on the property? Is the fence the right color? All of that stuff. So after speaking with a lot of our customers in the past and really learning a lot about the market, we've adapted our own way to be able to produce these reports and make sure the customers are getting everything that they need head into that closing table. So what are some of the things that title professionals can do in terms of like communicating with their customers, whether it be buyers or sellers, that'll like make sure that the process goes smoothly throughout the uh, closing when it comes to these HOAs? The two biggest things is to keep up with their payments, make sure they're continuing to make their payments no matter how long their closing process is. Um, you know, you don't want to see anything go delinquent or, you know, for the very rare chance where something might go into collections in that time. You just don't want to see that hinder your closing because then it could just fall through. Uh, another thing is, you know, making sure your um, your sellers aren't, um, you know, doing a lot of things to their property that can uh, have some violations on it that they'll need to clear. I don't think a lot of people are going to be doing a lot of work around their house if they're under contract. However, you know, you want to make sure that they don't. Um, so those are some of the bigger things that I would say is to you know just communicate with them uh, make sure they're you know they keep up with their financials any assessments special assessments and don't create any inadvertent violations for yourself because those could also incur fees um, that will need to be paid at closing or prior to closing i'm sorry yeah that's that's really good what are some of the things that we're looking for on the like the home buyer side that they should that, that will should be in the estoppel and they should be paying attention to as like as the person coming into uh, the property. So the biggest thing that I would think that they need to look out for is on the HOA fees, what is included in there? Do they have a tennis court? Do they have a pool? Um, is it going to include lawn service? Also, the buyer approval process, that's something really big that, you know, a buyer would want to look into and they want to make sure that they get the application in. The HOA's usually in the case if there is a buyer approval process, need to do a background check. Um, they, you know, want to approve and interview the buyers for the property also. So it's really big that they get that done and have that communication with the HOA beforehand. Because that can yeah. literally stall or stop a closing, right? Like if Absolutely. Yeah. We just had one actually the other day uh, through one of our clients was reaching out to us because it stated on the estoppel that there is a buyer approval process. They also said that the buyer was approved. Um, they closed on the property and the buyers were trying to move into the property and the management company said that you can't. Uh, so, you know, that's something that they had to go back and forth with them. So that's why, you know, the estoppel is so important being a legally binding document that they have. Um, so they did end up going through um, the interview process and the, the buyer approval process, did the background check and, 
had to clear that up. But that's why it's extremely important to do it up front. Yeah, to pay attention to that, like on the estoppel. Do you guys know if it was just the HOA was like maybe mixed up? When I reached out to them, they just said that they had the wrong information there. So it was, it sounded like it was just a typo on their end, which did end up causing a lot of havoc. Can you imagine closing on a home and you can't move in there because something was checked off wrong on the estoppel? Yeah, that's, that's really tough. And, you know, brings up a scenario that happened uh, even, you know, just a couple months ago where the buyers actually (laughs) lied on their application. They were approved Uh and then the HOA found out that they lied on their application and kind of stalled the process a little bit more. They ended up getting approved anyway, but yeah, that's why it's really, really important that you have your buyers, you know, going through the whole process. It takes up to 30 days. So you want to make sure that you're doing it right when you find out Um, because it's a lot that goes into it. There's a lot of paperwork in the background. Um, certificate of approval, COAs, they need to get signed, notarized. Um, yeah, it could be a, it could be a lengthy process if done, uh, done incorrectly. Yeah. I know another thing that you had mentioned when we did our, our course was like looking at the rules or the CCNRs where it's like, if you own a construction company, like you just need to be aware and look through those documents before you decide, you know, before going forward, because it's like, can you commit to these things, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, if you own a, just like you said, you own a construction company and you have um, some type of decal on your car that advertises your company, there's a lot of communities that don't allow for that. And if those are the only two vehicles that you own and you you can't pull those off for any reason, well, you, know, you got to have to figure something out, you know, if, if that's what you want to do. There are some folks that um, are boaters and they don't, go to a marina and they keep their boat inside their garage or their driveway or the side of their house at their current residence. But this new residence, they're not able to do that. You know, that's a lifestyle change. That's another bill that they're going to have to pay every month if they go to to a marina. Mm -hmm. So checking into those bylaws, checking into those rules and seeing what's applicable for you is is extremely valuable Um, because we've seen the rules and regulations cancel a lot of closings especially once a lot of people find out what that fee is, what they're paying as well. Um, So Mm -hmm. understanding how much you're paying per month or per quarter could also be a deterrent and something that the buyers are going to want to find out Uh, because your dream home can be your dream home until you won't be able to afford your dream lifestyle either. And that's really, really important, especially nowadays. Um, You know, people want to make sure that they're able to do the things that they want to do and they've earned the ability to do so. Really, really important. As a title professional, like I, I know I've heard you recommend that they use a little empathy in their interactions yeah. with title company, or I'm sorry, with management companies and associations. Um, why is that something that you always recommend? So one of the reasons why I always throw out the word empathy and try to be empathetic with whoever you're transacting with, with HOAs and, and closing, uh, closing officials um, is because these management companies are usually comprised of just a handful of people being able to work on the day-to-day operations of their companies and what they're doing. Uh, now there are some larger companies out there that you know have a you know, couple hundred or a couple thousand, but for the most part, most of the management companies you work for are mom and pop places where they can have just maybe five or six or seven people on staff taking care of the thousands of people that live with in those communities. Um, so though 
our closing is very, very important to those folks that are uh, involved in the transaction. The management companies have thousands of people that they're supposed to be taking care of. They're under contract to take care of. And then they're also helping the 50 to 100 transactions that are currently taking place aside from your transaction that's taking place. Uh, transactions within communities, about 10%, 15% transact in an HOA every single year. That's a lot of homes. Every single week, you're getting one to two estoppel requests just for that one community. Now, throw in 30 communities into the fold. That's, you know, that's a, a lot of estoppels every single day that the management company needs to manage through. And sometimes that person processing the estoppels, that's not their only job. They also handle accounts receivable. They're managing the phones and taking care of plumbing issues in a condominium association, or there's uh, something going on in the pool area that's got to be taken care of, or the uh, electricity is out in a, in a unit. There's a lot that goes on behind the scenes. And Estoppels is just a fraction of what these folks do every single day. So having a little bit of understanding and reasoning for those folks is going to allow you to have, have more success in those conversations, you know, calling them up and just asking them how their day's going. I'm, I'm sure these people will tell you a lot about what's going on with these communities. I mean, I've, I've been on the, the phone with some folks that have shared a lot about what they have going on and it just, you know, the grass isn't always greener type of thing. You know, it's a lot of hard work. It's a lot of hard work. When you're busy, they're busy, right? Like if the yeah. market's up, yep. then they're also getting more requests, you know? Yeah. So they, they go through what I think of as two busy seasons. Their first busy season is the closing in the real estate market and the transactions that happen in, in the, well, in the Florida market, usually the spring and the summertime when folks are transacting. But the second busy season for them is when they're doing their budgets for each association for the next year. And that usually happens when everything kind of settles down between September and November, because they need to have their board meetings. They need to approve any increase in insurance fees that need to be paid. People are possibly working on special assessments and uh, figuring out you know, what work are we going to do in the community next year? That happens between September, October, November. And that's what, a major reason for a lot of delays in that month, because the six people working in that office that are managing 30 to 40 communities have to meet with all those communities and procure all of those budgets and have all those board meetings and talk to all of the residents in those communities. So um, there's a lot of work that goes on behind the scenes in those busy seasons. I mean, I, I've been in HOAs and management company offices while they're taking place, and it is, it's a lot of work. The phone is nonstop ringing all day, all day that phone is ringing. And because of where the estoppel falls in the transaction process of the closing at the very end, there's always a sense of urgency to get this estoppel back. Um, so you know, you always, when you call them upbeat, friendly, I always started off, you know, saying, I know you're extremely busy, but we really need to try to get this estoppel back in time for closing, you know, when, if there was any delay in getting it back. So, but having that uh, sense of urgency with them while building the relationship and being empathetic with them is so important. So, they know that you understand how busy they are and what they are dealing with. Um, also, I think, you know, when you put the buyer and the seller first when talking to them helps 
give them more of a sense of urgency too, because they want to make sure that they're pleasing the people that are living in the property now that are already currently paying the HOA dues. And then also the new buyers that might potentially be moving in. Um, so I think it's very important to mention them too a lot in the conversation and it's for them so they could get into these, this new home and purchase it. Yeah, that's a really good point. Making sure that the end, you know, customer, the end uh, home buyer or seller is really like kind of top of mind for these management companies. Cause that is essentially, that's why they're there. You know, it's easy to forget why we're all doing this. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. So now I want to talk a little bit about, um, you know, if we flip this around and we look at like what management companies could be doing to be a little more successful, like what are some of the things that you guys think, like, you know, if they could only do this, then I think it would make my life easier. It would make title professionals, you know, the whole transaction process uh, easier. What, what do you think that would be? Well, for HOAs, the one thing I would, you know, say is, is having a management company to help deal with these interactions for you, um, especially if you're a little bit understaffed in the HOA, it's, it just makes life easier so they can deal with these type of documents. Um, you know, there's also so many different platforms and some really good software out there and, you know, websites that you could use. Estoppels.com is one of them. It's amazing. Yeah, there's a couple of software solutions that I think that will help HOAs in the long run. I think technology itself is the biggest recommendation that I could have for just about any community out there. Get yourself, go onto GoDaddy, register your domain and get a, a get a professional email. Yeah, it's $11.99 a year or $15.99 a year. And you can have a professional domain name that uh, you know, allows you to have conversations instead of trying to use at Yahoo, at Hotmail, at Gmail. Um, the second, uh, the, the two pieces of technology that, that I think are really valuable are an accounting software. So you can manage your AR, um, any pay, payables that you have. Um, the second one is a software to help you with your document processing. Um, which just like estoppels.com, there are several other um, software solutions out there um, that might suit your need, but a company like estoppels.com allows you to process these orders in just a couple of seconds and manage everything in one platform. You can accept credit card payments. You don't have to worry about sending checks or checks getting lost or going to the bank or taking a picture on your cell phone to cash the check and transferring money around to bank accounts. Um, it's it's all done seamlessly in, in one easy to use platform. And that's gonna take away a lot of headache. You know, you still have to process the document. You still need to fill out the necessary information. However, it just got 95% easier. So um, those are the two biggest key things that I would recommend for any company out there, even if it's just QuickBooks or Excel. Uh, a lot of HOAs use Excel. A lot of HOAs still use pen and paper. If, you, if you're currently using pen and paper, go to Excel. If you're currently using Excel, look into QuickBooks. If you're, looking in, if you're currently on QuickBooks and you want to do, do more, look for specific accounting software that is developed specifically for HOA communities, and you'll see a, a night and day difference in your operation. Yeah, making incremental changes, not necessarily overhauling everything to like the latest yeah, and greatest, right. could, you know, feels more manageable. Yeah, absolutely. Especially if you're on the board of that HOA and you plan on being there for a long time, 
invest invest in these things now because it's going to make your three, four, five years as HOA board uh, as an HOA board member way easier. Yeah, absolutely. I think you both kind of alluded to why it is that you you do this work and why it's rewarding. But I kind of want to hear a little bit about some surprising or maybe tense interactions you might have had. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> so I want to yeah, if you guys can recall, kind of uh, go back in the archives of your memories and share some some kind yeah. of standout interactions you've had. Yeah, I got a good one. I got a good one here. This one, this one has stuck with me for a long time now. Uh, I had a, a title agent reaching out to me. Um, things had to get expedited for this closing very, very quickly, and uh, buyers had to move in, sellers had to get out very, very fast. And we were about five days through an estoppel request, um, and we had to get it back that day or the next day. And uh, my analyst, uh, they did everything in their power to get this thing back. The management company wasn't budging a single bit. Eventually got escalated to me and they weren't even budging for me. I was going to send them flowers, gift cards, whatever I needed to do. <laughs> whatever, and it they took. Didn't, whatever it took, they weren't having it. <laughs> and it was during COVID and they weren't in their office. They're at their homes. Not like I can go ahead and ask for somebody to go knock on their office door like we used to if someone was in the area. I found out that the buyers uh, were in their sleeping in their U-Haul because all of their money was tied up in the closing. They couldn't even get a hotel room. They're, they're sleeping in the oh U-Haul. It took two days for me to get this estoppel back um, after fighting and fighting and fighting. Um, so two days, the buyers had to live in that U-Haul. I was hoping, I'm, I'm not sure if, if they had more than that one night, if they found an option for the second night. But it was just, it was painful because in the company, there was like six people on this file uh, between me, Kristen, the analyst, account manager, the client, the realtor, and this company just would not budge and they wouldn't give a reason why. They just said no. Uh, and that is something that has stuck with me and it allows me to remember why we're doing what we're doing. Uh, and I'll never forget that story and how painful it was not to be able to hit that deadline for them. I'll never forget it. Wow, that is insane. What about you, Kristen? Uh, there was actually a similar um, situation that happened not too long ago. And this woman, she kept going. It was the buyer. The, the management company wouldn't give us back the estoppel. And the woman who was the buyer, she actually went to the management company herself. And she was knocking on the door, sitting outside of the management company's office. And she was trying to get the estoppel back, but they were so very adamant about not releasing it to us. And, you know, really didn't have a reason why other than, well, I don't have to right now. Um, so this poor woman, she was sleeping in a hotel room though, not a U-Haul. Um, so at least she had a shower, but you know, she was just sitting out there every day and I was calling the management company, trying to get it back saying, I need this back immediately. And the guy told me from the management company that it would be a thousand dollars if we wanted this estoppel back the next day for them to close. Is that so, illegal for them to say is, that? <laughs> Absolutely illegal. Um, but I, I saw where it was going because the conversation with him, you know, could have turned a little bit ugly there. So, you know, I d ended up getting a hold of somebody else that was at the management company. The person that told me that was actually the owner of the management company. And 
the owner's son was the one I actually got a hold of, and he was more empathetic and understanding, and he was able to get me the estoppel uh, that day after talking to him. But it took a lot to get through to him. That was such a relief to be able to get it back and and get their estoppel so they could finish this closing and get into the home instead of paying for a hotel room every single night. Yeah, yeah. And you know what's crazy is, you know, I'm on one side of Florida, Kristen's on the other. We've both had our fair share of picking up our keys and driving to the office. You know, one thing that sticks out that Kristen did for a customer of ours was we had to get this estoppel back and a check needed to be written. And she's on the other side of Florida and HQ is in Sarasota, you know, four, four and a half hours away. She wrote a personal check, used her own money and drove it to a management company, knocked on their door to hand hand it in all during COVID just to get an estoppel back within the day that our customer needed it to prevent a scenario where somebody would need to sit in a hotel. But that's the stuff that, you know, that's what we do. You know, I, yeah. I know I sent Chip, one of our sales guys, Chip's been to numerous offices in Tampa to help me get some uh, estoppels back. Oscar in Miami. Oh, I can't, mm-hmm. I can't count on my hands the amount of time that I've asked Oscar to go to a condominium association or a management company to pick up some, some estoppels for us and help us persuade them to give them to us quicker. And they've done it. You know, we're all in when it comes to meeting our dates. It stems from the top of our company all the way down. We give you a date. Our goal is to hit those dates no matter what it takes. Yep. Even our analysts have, you know, they'll write a check, go get a money order, whatever it is that they need to get. And they'll drive over there and, you know, try to get the estoppel back as soon as possible. Mm Mm-hmm. Going remote has helped that out a lot. We got people all over all Florida, over. <laughs> all over Florida. That's awesome. I thank you guys for sharing your your experience and your expertise today. Absolutely. You're welcome. Our pleasure. All right. See you guys soon. All right. All take right. care. See you. Bye. If you're curious to learn more about strategies for working with HOAs or how PropLogics can help, check out our show notes via the link in the podcast description or visit proplogics.com slash podcasts. And while you're at it, subscribe to Title Talks wherever you listen to podcasts. Until next time, happy closings.